0: Welcome to Courageous Parenting Podcast, a weekly show to equip parents with biblical truth on raising confident Christian kids in an uncertain world.
1: Hi, I'm Angie from Courageous Mom.
0: And I'm Isaac from Resolute Man.
1: We've been married 19 years and have seen the fruit in raising our eight kids biblically based on the raw truth found in the Bible.
0: We can no longer let the culture win the hearts of children. Too many children from Christian families are walking away from the faith by age 18, and it doesn't have to be this way. It shouldn't be this way. Join us as we start an important conversation about effective parenting in a fallen world. Welcome back to the podcast. If this is your first time, we're so glad you're here.
1: Yes, welcome.
0: No, this is our third stab at making this very episode. (laughs) That does not happen very often.
1: No, it doesn't.
0: But uh, this is, uh, you know, we want to make sure people are encouraged because a lot of our episodes are hard hitting on a topic. Yes. And so we thought we'd take a moment and do an episode that is practical, Mm -hmm. but is encouraging. And it's about not growing weary in doing good.
1: The truth is, is that parenting can be wearisome. It can be exhausting. And so, and we know that. We've experienced that. Um, But life can also, you know, affect you and make you feel weary. Um, We've personally experienced that as of recently. That yeah. we were growing weary just because of having so many things on our plate. And um, so we are preaching to ourselves as we are encouraging you in this episode. Um, and, you know, we just wanted to take a moment to to really um, encourage you to keep on keeping on with courageous parenting. Because the reality is, is parenting is exhausting. But when you're parenting against the tide yeah. of culture and you're doing things courageously, biblically, Right which takes courage it can be even more tiring
0: yeah so. and you're also not only are you going to go against the culture sometimes but some of your decisions mm-hmm. uh being a biblical parent will actually even go against the tide of the christian community maybe mm-hmm. even people at your church that's yeah, where it even gets true. the hardest
1: right because then you feel totally alone yeah and, and out of Maybe you feel like you're extreme or maybe people call you intense or extreme for Jesus. And if you are extreme for Jesus, praise God.
0: So we've (laughs) felt these things many, many times in our past. And you never want to go against the grain just for the sake of going against the grain. Mm -hmm. Um, That's prideful. But if there is two choices and one is good and one is great for the benefit of your kids, but the great one is much harder, which one do we want to do?
1: We want to choose to do the hard thing.
0: And it's very hard to do that when we don't have support around us. Trust us, we know.
1: It's true. So in this podcast, we're actually gonna share some of our challenging seasons that we've walked through that were the most weary, wearisome for us. Um, And what we did to kind of preach to ourselves and encourage one another through that journey of parenting to keep on doing what we were doing. Yeah. Um, And I hope that it's an encouragement to you. I'm sure you can relate.
0: Yeah. Now, sometimes we get people that are like, wow, eight kids, (laughs) that is so beyond what I've ever thought of or what God is doing in our family that it's not as relevant to us. And what I would say to that is I remember feeling the exact same thing about big families when we wanted to have two kids and you didn't even have really a plan for how many kids. Mm -hmm. But we were Mm -hmm. very uh, normal to what the culture is doing in number of kids uh, back then. And we really believe – that God has a different plan for everybody's family. Oh,
1: totally true. I, I we often say God has a unique design for every family. Yeah, He's the builder. So of we're not the family. We're
0: not here with eight kids yeah. thinking everybody should have a no lots of kids.
1: No, and and we're kind of covering this topic because maybe you're feeling mm-hmm. weary at two. Yeah. Guess what? We've been there, you we guys. Have. Maybe you're feeling weary and overwhelmed at three totally been there. There are times at any level of or any amount Your of kids. Pregnancy. where Yeah. It can be overwhelming. It can be exhausting. And God's Word is relevant to all of us, regardless of how many kids we have. Actually, that reminds me. I, I just did an Instagram post mm. about this particular topic that the legacy that you're leaving actually has less to do with how many kids you have and more to do with how you're discipling the kids you have. Yes. Right? Yeah. And, and that really is the message. We shouldn't just have a bunch of kids to have a bunch of kids. We need to be um, aware of the reality responsibility that God's given us and be intentional with that and really um, be purposing to continue on even when we're tired.
0: And since we're talking about it, we never could have imagined having so many kids or felt capable of doing that and uh, or even making most of the decisions we made if we were walking in the flesh. And that's why uh, it takes walking in the spirit to do those great and best things. Yeah. If we're only making yeah. decisions we can do in our own strength, are we really relying on God?
1: Right. You know, and this actually comes down to another thing that I'll just give you insight in case you haven't listened to any of the other podcasts. Isaac and I don't come from big families. Yeah. Um, and so this was not something that we saw yeah. or had modeled for us um, when we were in the midst of starting our family, and it was a journey. And yeah. God used many different people, whether it was the greeter that was a Titus II yeah. woman that was 60 years old, looking at our family with four kids and going, oh, I wish we had more. And I asked her how many she had, and she's like, five. And I'm like, whoa, you wish you had more, right? <laughs> or you, know, you never hear people saying, I wish we didn't have that kid. That's true actually. And so our, my encouragement to you is just to be praying about it. Be surrendered to the Lord, be seeking Him, find your strength in Him.
0: So uh, we're going to dive in here. We yeah. have three really important points that yes. will be encouraging, uh, especially when you're weary, uh, which happens to all of us, by the way. In yeah. fact, we're going through a little bit of season. We'll talk about that, of weariness. And, uh, yeah. and we're addressing, we've already addressed it yep. recently. Yep. But um, First of all, I want to thank everybody for being part of the One Million Legacies movement. If you've ever given us five stars, which all you have to do is tap it, given us a written review on iTunes, shared CourageousParentoon.com, which by the way, is where all the resources for every single episode, video, scripture references, resources we talk about, products we talk about, all of yeah, that stuff yeah. is there. Uh, or you've ever um, shared on social media, uh, one of the Insta stories or on Facebook or anything like that. You know what?
1: Because this last week, there was a lot more sharing of the last podcast that we have. And I'm only bringing this up because I want you to realize that this, really this movement, this call for parents to rise up and parent biblically and the equipping of parents could not be possible without you. Because the last podcast was how to impact the child's heart and change behavior. And it's already our number five most popular podcast. And we've had over 300,000 downloads since January. Right, Isaac? So like that to me is a sign that you sharing literally makes it or breaks it, you guys. It really does. It makes a huge impact. So if this is an encouragement to you, maybe you're in a season where you're actually thriving. Praise God. But maybe you know someone who's weary would you share this podcast with them because it could really be the encouragement that
0: they need and there's a lot of things you need to do in the good times to be ready for the challenging times
1: yeah it's really it's really really
0: important but thank you for sharing and so forth so Mm -hmm. in galatians 6 uh, 6 we'll start there let him who has taught the word share in all good things with him who teaches do not be deceived god is not mocked Mm -hmm. for whatever a man sows that he will also reap for Mm -hmm. he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap everlasting life. Here's a big key here. And let us not grow weary while doing good, <laughs> for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. So we is is parenting a good thing in God's eyes. Yes. It is an incredibly good thing. Who are we parenting?
1: His His kids. kids. Oh, look at that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so we have to remember that, that literally we are handling a jurisdiction that God intimately cares about raising his gener- next generation to glorify him. Yeah. That is the purpose of parenting.
1: Yeah. And you know, this passage of scripture is actually talking about being generous and, and it's talking about um, even being the, being subject to elders or teaching and overseers, right, Isaac? Yeah. Um, but so the verse six that you started with that says let him who has taught the word share in all good things with him who teaches don't we as parent te- parents teach our children the word mm-hmm. this actually like to me it's an encouragement because it speaks legacy yeah let the children who are learning the word of god that If that is what's happening in your home, they actually will benefit. Their legacy will benefit, and you will benefit in all good things as you get to watch the fruit of what you did when they were little.
0: Yeah.
1: It's a huge encouragement. And it's interesting that it goes on to talk about then, you know, not growing weary and whatever you sow, you will reap. Like Mm -hmm. what you are going to, what you're sowing right now, you will reap in your family, in your immediate family, but you will also reap in your extended family and generations later. You guys, I I can't even encourage you enough that what you're doing as parents is the Great Commission.
0: And we all want to be fruitful, right? It says to be fruitful. And you can tell uh, by somebody, uh, whether they're a believer or not, Mm -hmm. by the fruit. Fruit is mentioned all throughout the Bible in all kinds of ways. So we want to be fruitful, right? And that's part of why in the challenging times we stay the course, Mm -hmm. but It's interesting that the more fruitful you are often, that means you've gone through even more challenge. Mm -hmm. And that's our first point. Fruitful equals going through challenges.
1: It's, you know, and this actually is something that we will talk a little bit more about later, when we talk about growth capacity, but the truth is, is growth happens in the Valley Yeah, when it's hard. It doesn't happen necessarily on mountaintop. You actually just warned us as a family this morning in family Bible time. Let's not become um, l- less purposeful with praying. Be- just because things are a little bit easier for us right now. Mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And you reminded them of how we were praying all throughout the day for God to provide and different things when we were walking through massive challenges, right? Like mm-hmm. the business failure and stuff. And now that we're on the other side of that, praise God, we're, we're debt-free yeah. from that business failure, right? Like um, we got debt-free before we started this parenting ministry mm-hmm. and praise God. But yeah. does that mean that we should slow up on prayers, no way. We need to be just as intentional.
0: Uh, We have a jealous God and he wants our devotion and attention. And don't you think, this is extra biblical here a little bit, but it's true. (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh, Don't you think that uh, if we give him more attention when things are challenging and we glorify him more with our lives when things are challenging, and then when things are better, we do that a lot less. What do you think God might want to do?
1: Maybe give us more challenges because he <laughs> wants to be glorified. I mean, I don't know. I, I, Yeah, I think that it might be good just for our listeners, for you to maybe describe the extra biblical is not necessarily bad. It can be sometimes, but yeah. it's not unbiblical. It's just, and it's not anti-biblical. It's just extra.
0: It's added. Thoughts, thoughts. right? Yeah. Which or,
1: uh, people talk in sermons, like we really appreciate expository preaching yeah, and stuff. And we try to put as many Bible verses in here and to teach straight from the word, mm-hmm. the biblical truth. Um, but there are times when you have to apply it to life, right? Yeah. And ask yourself these hard questions. That's stuff
0: I think about. That's my own opinions is what yeah. I'm saying. So stuff I think about it and it's like, mm-hmm. I think having a real fear for God is important. Um, but you know, talking about the challenging seasons, it's taxing emotionally. Uh, parenting can be, yeah, uh, marriage things too, yeah. uh, uh, spiritually, physically, mentally. Uh, all of these things play a role. And I thought you had a good point that when kids are younger, mm-hmm. which one does it impact more?
1: Oh, for sure. The physical exhaustion. I mean, think about it. You're nursing, you're pregnant, you're carrying kids around, you're lifting them into car seats, out mm-hmm. of grocery carts, into playpens and cribs. You're carrying people all yeah. day long. That is physically taxing waking up at night, maybe not getting a full night's sleep because you have a potty training toddler waking up wetting the bed. Like there's just that season is exhausting even, physically.
0: Even more physically, but I'm sure everybody listening is like, well, yeah, spiritually too. And yes. emotionally and right. mentally. Because you're mentally. With
1: training attitude, hard attitudes. You're oh, yeah. correcting sin. You're um, trying not to allow the three-year-old who has an emotional breakdown you're trying to exercise self control over that that is exhausting after a while right yeah. and so there are elements where it it's it seasons of parenting where it shifts which one is more intense, right? So as yeah. your kids get older, it may not be as physically exhausting because they can put themselves to bed. They don't have to be carried, yeah. right? They can even drive themselves to be yeah. teenagers, right? Um, but there's a different element where the conversations are longer later at night, dealing with hurt feelings, um, relational issues, where you're counseling, mm-hmm. all that stuff. Yeah. So, um, you know what? In John 15, is one of your... Well, it's both of our, one of our favorite yeah. passages of Scripture, and we're going to jump into this real quick. But I wanted to actually read verse 11, because how many of you, when you're feeling weary, want joy?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, that's really – we want to enjoy mm-hmm. being parents. We don't want our kids to grow up, look back on their childhood and go, wow, mom was always grumpy. She was always tired. She was always snapping at me. She was always – right? Yeah. Like, we don't want them to remember that. We don't want that legacy to continue on. So it says in verse 11 – These things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you. It's the Lord's joy that he wants to remain in us and that your joy may be full, right? That's what we all want. But it says, these things I have spoken to you. So let's go up to the beginning of chapter 15 and see what these things are. I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit, Mm. Right? Thinking about vineyard there. Mm -hmm. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. And then it continues on. You can do nothing apart from abiding in me is what it says in the express. You know,
0: what's fascinating about that is uh, talking about the vineyard. It takes seven years, first of all, to get fruit worthy of really good wine. And that's about how many years it takes Mm -hmm. until kids start becoming helpful. And we'll talk about that in a second. But also, we had a, a consultant that would come out and help us at the time because we didn't know about viticulture. Mm-hmm. And we got we finally got our fruit, and it was going to be the first time we could do something with the fruit. Yeah. And then and it looks beautiful. I mean, just gorgeous. It was so cool.
1: Oh, we and, were so excited. We were like, oh, we're doing a good job. Look at all the fruit.
0: Look at all the fruit. <laughs> Tons of fruit. Bountiful. He goes, okay, yeah, it looks good. You know, let's yeah. cut half of it off now and drop it to the ground. And, and Isaac like, and I are like, Whoa. what? Half. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's half of the crop. You're just going to throw half the crop away? Can't we use it for something? Oh, no, it's good to, you know, for you the soil. You have to drop
1: it before it actually ripens.
0: That's true. And, <laughs> so you can't and, use and it. And I'm like, and then, I'm, and, and then he said, well, here's the principle. You could keep it all, but the, it won't be good grapes for anything You useful. won't be able to
1: use it for anything.
0: So, and the reason is, is because you have so much energy that comes through the vine and you want to focus all of that energy into the half that's left, and then that makes it really useful.
1: Which is interesting. When you think about this analogy that Jesus Jesus is talking about abiding in him and how he prunes us, yeah. right? And how we actually need to surrender all of our life to the Lord. We all know that, right? Mm-hmm. But sometimes when we're weary, it's because we're doing things in our own flesh, which really is you know, translated into not having surrendered it all mm-hmm. the way to God. Mm-hmm. And if we were to truly surrender it all to God, then he would prune, Yeah, right? We need to be wise about what decisions we make. Yeah. A really practical example is I think about when our kids were really little and we had um, a 4,200 square foot house mm. and grandparents loved blessing the kids with toys. And um, I will be really honest. We had too much stuff. Too much stuff about Mm -hmm. 15 years ago, Mm -hmm. Kelsey was five. And it was exhausting because they were all so little, like I'm talking pregnant, baby, toddler. They were so helpful. And so it was really difficult to keep up with the mess. And it was wearisome. And it was hard to take care of all these things. And so I had to purposefully declutter and get rid of things so that I wouldn't be so exhausted taking care of my kids and being grumpy with them because I was taking care of all these things. Yeah. And it's the same thing with our schedules. Are there too many things in our schedule? So what, we needs need to be, what
0: needs to be pruned off so more energy goes into the right things? What are we distracted with that makes us feel like we don't have time to do the great decision in parenting versus just the good decision yeah. uh, or bad decision that looks good, this culture right. makes to look good. You know, what is it? I mean, are we scrolling too much through social media? Do we watch the wrong things? Do we do we spend, are we selfish and mm-hmm. just wanting our own time? Are husbands, you know, overworking when they really don't have to, or they could be more efficient and effective? Um, you know, it's just stuff to think too about that we've sports, thought about. Even. Too many Like sports. even
1: thinking about your kids, like, you know, You guys love your kids and I'm sure that you are, you know, investing time and having them do things, build skills, maybe play sports or take music lessons, different things like that. I will be honest. There was a season where I put too much stuff in our schedule. We had piano, guitar, violin. And and by the way, there's ebbs and flows
0: of this. It just happens sometimes, right? So we just have been a little bit weary in the last few weeks because there's been more on the schedule more responsibility yeah. new responsibilities and um it' just has become too much now we're we just did this last night yeah. sunday night we thought through and we whiteboarded okay what do we need to take out what do we need to add back in that actually gives us life and energy yeah. and what do we take out that's that's too much.
1: Yeah, because it really isn't just us that gets weary, it's the kids also, and then you're dealing with, like, maybe meltdowns with the little ones, mm-hmm. and the older ones are just tired, right? Yeah. And so it's it's an important thing to have your spiritual thermometer on and being aware of, how am I feeling? What are my symptoms? Am I feeling weary? And, you know, just as Isaac was sharing about the vineyard analogy and how there's only so much energy going up that vine to give energy to the fruit, right? You only have 24 hours. You can't add more hours to your day. You have the same amount as every other person. Yeah. And you have a capacity that you are currently at right now. Yeah. And you can grow your capacity by engaging and making wise choices. Mm-hmm. But it takes being intentional with that.
0: And another, so that's, that's us being the vine. And then as the scripture is talking about what's the vine in the scripture there, uh, God is the vine and we are the branches. And it says no branch can bear fruit by itself. Are we trying to bear fruit by ourselves? Yeah. We should not be trying, and we go in and out of that, don't we? Relying on God, the Holy Spirit, giving us wisdom, directing mm-hmm. our steps yeah. and path, and reading the Scriptures daily, so we, so we're in, 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 drenched in in the Word of God, and the Holy Spirit is more active. Um, in us. And so is that the case? Or are we walking in the flesh? Are we walking yeah. in the spirit or walking in the flesh? And then to the capacity thing, one of the things that we understood early on, and we want to share with you guys, is that, you know, have you ever had in the last five years, a really big challenge that you thought was super big at the time, and you overcame it afterwards. And then today, you look back on it, and you go, I can't believe that challenge even bothered me. Right. That was such a small thing compared mm-hmm. to the things I can handle today and what's going mm-hmm. on. And it's because there's capacity training happening. So there's no way we could do the, have done the things or be doing the things we are without God bringing us along and working through us. But don't you think as God works through you in, in different and bigger and, and changing things that you now believe you're capable with God of doing more? It's because when we have fruit... Um, What do we want? We want to create more fruit. Do you want to create more fruit in your kids? Do you want them to be more obedient, more self-control, more godly, Mm -hmm. uh, ready to be a witness in Mm -hmm. the world? That's more fruitful, isn't it? So we want more fruitful. And whenever we press in and want more fruitfulness, what tends to happen a lot of times?
1: It gets exhausting. We get challenged. We
0: get challenged. There's tests. And a lot of times people will recede from tests because they're walking in the flesh only. But if we're walking in the spirit and we know there's something greater on the other side of the test, then yeah. we push through and we do get the growth and the increased fruitfulness. Yeah. And our capacity has grown to handle more.
1: Which is And exactly we become more useful God for God. Yeah. And it's exactly what he wants, which is why he says in that passage that he will prune us so that we can bear more fruit. It actually does say that. And so it's really important that we remember that when we're going through a hard season, like what is God wanting us to learn? Like Ask that question, Lord, what is it that you want me to learn? I don't want to miss it. I don't want to have to go through this challenge again. I want to learn it the first time. You know, this reminds me of a season when we had five kids Under six. Yeah,
0: perfect. Okay, I
1: was pregnant with Luke at Mm -hmm. the time, and um, Kelsey was six years old. She turned seven about a month and a half after he was born. But talk about busy. Oh, yeah. Busy, busy season. You were working really hard. Mm Mm-hmm and we were planning to plant the vineyard. It was Mm. just before we did, because we actually planted the vineyard, all 1,283 plants. You guys, I remember every plant, because we planted them with our kids, and Luke was six weeks old. He was in the front pack while I was hauling that hose over the acreage. Fit mama. It was, well, you just push, <laughs> you just push yourself. I had just been cleared from my uh, six week appointment uh, to be able to work out, thank goodness. But in all seriousness though, though it was an exhausting season. When I was pregnant with him, I was on bed rest for that first time mm, for six weeks. Really challenging. And that was the season where I really needed your help more. Way more. And it was, it was very wearisome. There were times where I was feeling down, feeling like a failure and I, I was tired, mm-hmm. obviously um but i god laid me down and made me rest yeah. and i have a whole story about that that i share in my book redeeming childbirth but um it was a season where god was was speaking to me to rest Mm -hmm. in a different kind of way because i wasn't i wasn't good at slowing down i don't know if you can relate to that there's a lot of moms i think you went into
0: depression into relying on god while you're prenatal depression yeah
1: fully i was in prenatal depression because i couldn't do what i was so used to doing you're a doer i am a doer i don't know if you guys can relate to that but during that time an older woman this is why having older women in your life is so important. An older woman shared Isaiah forty verse eleven mm-hmm. with me, which says, "He will lead his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs with his arm and carry them in his bosom and bosom and gently lead those who are with young." Mm-hmm. I had many young children, mm-hmm. and that reminder that he gently leads me mm-hmm. because I have these young children, and I how tender. Yeah. is God in that moment. And he was, he provided older women in our church to come help serve, whether that was doing laundry, bringing meals. We started care learning of what real
0: fellowship was like right then.
1: Yeah. And it was, it was hard. It brought, um, and at the time we were actually going to a larger church. That yeah. was when we were going to the other church in happy Valley. And, um, I remember I didn't know the women who were coming in. There were only maybe two out of like 10 that brought us meals that I actually had a personal relationship mm-hmm. with. Um, and later I have a different story when I was on bed rest with Ethan, where we were in a much smaller community and the tightest two women reached out in a whole different yeah. way that was even more powerful yeah. where they were literally sitting with me for hours on end. Cause I was on bed rest for three months, but you guys, these stories of being weary, do you know how many times when I was in the midst of that trial, where I was struggling with the lies from the devil. And I was not understanding why I was going through the trials that I was going through. And i it was easy for me, it would have been easy for me to stop doing the good that God had, in, had told us to do in our family, which was he had impressed upon us to homeschool. And I wanted to stop.
0: Well, another thing is that um, I remember you being concerned that the kids would have to help more. Yes. And that was a challenging thing yep. for you. But what it taught us is that kids are way more capable, and they were starving for more responsibility. Yeah. And Kelsey rose up; she started cooking more for the family. Austin I, was also Austin, helping. and I felt more needed. But I was very, you know, ambitious at a big responsibility with yeah. work. And and um, I remember thinking to myself, and this is for the husbands out there potentially. Um, wow. Okay, I need to stop really working on building this business to the level I am and my wife needs me and that's more important. So I'm going to shift gears and spend way more time at home and the business will just have to figure itself out without me so much. And I think God honored you. And then, and then I had a thought, I'm like, well, why does it have to be like that? Why does it have to be, okay, let that thing slide so that the family can go well? Mm -hmm. What is the tyranny of the or versus the genius of the and Jim Collins talks about? And so the and really resonated with me and I think God was really pressing this upon me. And what was interesting is I I leaned into God in a whole new way and he spoke to me uh, in some interesting ways of giving me counsel of how the business should be set up differently. Uh, how leadership should be structured, what to do to raise up more leaders and empower them, uh, how to spend my time more effectively. It's just completely different than the norm of what's been done for for a long long time in that organization and what happened was the business doubled when the economy was crashing 2008 2009 2010 which was really really incredible so we can learn a lot and it can be redeemed in the challenges sometimes mm-hmm. we don't unless we're challenged
1: well and this is the thing you know Isaac mentioned at the beginning of the podcast that sometimes it can be hard when you're weary And you don't have encouragement from people who are in the church. Mm -hmm. In fact, you get maybe discouragement. So like for us, we had just started homeschooling and it was going really well. But then all of a sudden I was on bed rest and people were like, oh, you need to put them in school. People who I was going to church with and people and family were like, put them in the school. You're on bed rest. You clearly can't homeschool. But I and I was weary, you guys, and I almost stopped doing the good that God had wanted for our family yeah. because I was I was hearing all these lies of failure. Like that was actually, um, it was reiterating. It was further embedding that lie in my mind when people would be like, you can't homeschool. You should put them in. It was like validating that lie that I was already believing that I was a failure. Yeah, I was weak and weary and vulnerable to that.
0: And if you're a husband that just goes, oh, only sees the pain in your wife, but doesn't see the big picture, then you're just gonna immediately, out of love, and that's good.
1: Right, your intentions gonna, are your good. Your intentions
0: are good. You're gonna go, yeah, I think that's right. I hate seeing you in so much pain, and this and that. Or
1: or it's just too hard for you to do that it's while you're hard. on bed-master. And I'm like,
0: no, what's great and what's good? And do we have a big God or not?
1: And so you led, but you didn't just lead by not lifting the burden off of me. You took on more responsibility. That was the solution. Mm -hmm. You took on more responsibility. We were vulnerable. And okay, this was a really humbling time for me because Mm. here I was like not able to do all of the nurturing needs that a mom is supposed to do. And so to be humble and ask for help in the practical ways where you actually have to open up your life and let people clean your toilet. Yeah. That was hard for me, you guys. Like, I had all these boys that were potty training. That's like the worst job to ask somebody to help you with when you haven't been able to do it for 6 weeks, right? Yeah. And so there there were times where God literally was like, "Angie, you think you can do it all? But I I can do so much more through you, but you've got to let me." And I I'll be honest, guys, I wasn't letting him. Like I wasn't letting him show me the power of what he could do through my whole family as a team.
0: Yeah, and I don't want you guys to think that is the one big challenge we've had. And this is not for our egos or anything, but it's the edification Mm. and encouragement of other people. Mm. There have been many health challenges to financial Mm. challenges, all kinds of things. And there's been unbelievable joy, Mm -hmm. happiness, and great times in Our family, we've ex- yeah. just experienced the ebb and flow of all of those things, but always God has always been the rock there. Um, and we've always believed in faith that He's taking us through something for a reason. And it doesn't yeah. mean we recede from doing what's great, it just means we press even more into God and learn yeah. more and yep. push through it with His in His spirit.
1: Yeah, and I, w- I would even encourage you if you are in the season where you are in a childbearing season, right? Like, and maybe. You're under an age. You haven't hit menopause yet, right? And and you're feeling weary and tired, and you need encouragement in this season. I would encourage you to go find Redeeming Childbirth and read it because our testimony of this is in that book.
0: Now the last two points we're going to get to, and they're quicker, but uh, I do want to mention the Parenting Mentor Program because this is one one of the most impactful things uh, that God has ever had us do. There's been many. There's many good things out there. you're right. Postpartum. I- course is big impactful. The Redeeming Child Booth book is really impactful. Mm-hmm. But the Parenting Mentor program um it's is,
1: something we're doing together. It's it's, it's something we're mm-hmm. doing
0: together and it's got curriculum and it's self-paced and it's interactive. So we love that. So let's hear real quick from some people that have gone through it.
1: Steve and I realized that we were getting too comfortable with the world's vision of how to raise our children. What Angie and Isaac have done in creating this is literally phenomenal. This program provided awesome scripture based teachings and just some really great practical applications. This class has just really rocked my world. It has given me a vision for not just the different things that we might focus on as parents who are trying to raise our kids biblically, like how our kids are behaving, or what we're doing with discipline, but also the things of the heart. We now have a game plan to how we want to raise our children. We have so many answers to the questions that have been in our mind. It's not just these hypothetical situations or it's not just this, here's what I think you should do. It's let me show you where in scripture this is. Do your legacy a favor and yourself a favor and just do it one of the best things that we've done this year one of the best investments we've made this year and i could not recommend it more we're no longer fearing dark days ahead but we're so excited to raise lights to be leaders for the next generation
0: so cool always love hearing that and uh, the second thing is what's the purpose and we talked about this a little bit it's to glorify god in our parenting and our marriage and what we're doing but also it's important because we need to know our why because when things are really challenging, if you can't remember why it's so important you're doing whatever you're doing that God has called you to do, the great, then you are received to good or less than good.
1: Right, you'll maybe, I'm, I'm just gonna put it out there. You may wanna give up. And yeah. then you may just want to, like, I, I hate to say that. And and let me just also say that if you're taking a, if you take a break, let me just use this as an example, because I don't want you guys to be thinking that everybody has to homeschool no. the way we do or, you know what I mean? I So I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm going to say this. If you stop homeschooling, that's not giving up or quitting. It's not. and But I do want to encourage you that if you're, what, why are you doing it? And, the why, and the why is what is the the point that we're trying to get to here.
0: Yeah. In James 1, uh, 12, it says, Blessed is the man who endures temptation, for when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. It also says right in the beginning here, uh, James 1, 2, My brethren, count it all joy when you face when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, but let patience Mm -hmm. have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. I mentioned this next part to our kids this morning. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives to all liberally without approach, and it'll be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. Okay. And it goes on. Yeah. So that's
1: your why. I mean, like that actually gives you great insight into the why of the hard times that you're walking through. We're talking about being weary. So maybe you're weary because you've been walking through a hard time. You need to know the purpose behind it to have faith and hope to get through it. Right. mm -hmm. And you have to be able to preach it to yourself over and over and over again. And, you know, when I was mentioning just, just before Isaac um, read this scripture, I was talking about like not giving in or giving up. Yeah. And, the reason why I use those words is because I have been devastated to watch women who have been faithful in their ministry in their homes get so weary or fed up with certain sins in their husband or or just it's exhausting being mm-hmm. a mom of many or it's exhausting homeschooling or mm-hmm. it's a, whatever it is. Like everybody's at these different capacities, right? And then they literally like it's it's like there's droves of women who are choosing to give up and they are leaving their husbands or they're not parenting on purpose anymore and they're just like that's a compartment of my life and they're checking out they're not being present Mm -hmm. with their children do you know what i mean that's what i'm talking about regarding giving up and that comes from too much time spent in a weary season, too much time being exhausted. And so we want you guys to be thinking for a moment as we're about to head into the next topic, right? The third point that we have, which is how to have endurance. When you are weary, you need to have a game plan for how to have endurance because parenting is
0: a long game. You've got it, your marriage. First of all, you've got to work on your marriage. See, a lot of times we, f- we neglect things in the good times, so we can't uh, pull from the reservoir of investment during the challenging times. And so the reservoir of investment is to constantly never stop working on your marriage. Yes, husbands need to be spiritually leading. Mm-hmm. Does that mean there's any less uh, of a need for a wife to work on her marriage?
1: No, or to be leading her kids during the day when the husband's working or, I mean, like we both have to work at it. Yeah. We both have to be intentional. I mean, let's just be honest. If you feel loved and cherished when your husband pursues you, guess what? He feels loved and cherished when you pursue him. Like it takes pursuing one another yeah. and pursuing one another in communication, actually. Yeah. If you're in a spot of weariness, obviously, you, you know, in a marriage, you are one. Yeah. So you shouldn't actually have to say something like you should be so close that your husband can tell when you're off and, if and he can swoop in. But if
0: it's not the case, don't it, be discouraged. Exactly. Work
1: on it. Exactly. And also sometimes men just don't get it unless you tell them yeah. and it's okay to tell them. Yeah. Like I, I used to, I'm going to share a little myth with you. When I was first married, there were things that I wanted Isaac to do, like to plan the date night mm. to, as far as like, I wanted him to pursue me in these specific ways in my mind. And I, I thought- I was a novice. No, no, no. Let, well, we were just newlyweds, yeah. right? But like, I wanted these things. I wanted him to pursue me the way he did when we were engaged and before we were engaged. Right. And, um, you know, to open the door, to hold my hand, to walk beside me, not like 10 steps ahead of me because his legs are so much longer and I'm a shrimp, you know, different things like that, that would just kind of get to me. But I didn't say anything Mm -hmm. and I just expected him to know because I felt like if I told him, then it wouldn't really mean the same. Mm -hmm. Can we just say that that's just not true? You really need to communicate with your husband about the ways that make you feel valued, that make you feel loved and cherished because he's not you. Yeah. He's probably not wired like you.
0: I'm really thankful when you tell me, and I feel like a little bit of a, like, Darn it. Why wasn't I doing that? But yeah. I really do appreciate yeah. it.
1: Yeah. So I think that you guys just have to be able to have an objectiveness in communicating mm-hmm. those things. But it's important that you communicate when you're weary to your spouse and that you tell them why and you tell them what's going on. And if you don't know why you're tired, just tell them you're tired and that you don't know why. Yeah. And so and it's the same thing with him. He needs to communicate with you. And if he does, then you need to be able to go, hey, honey, you need to just go and spend time alone.
0: We're right? always communicating. I mean, we spend a lot of time communicating. We stay up late into the night communicating.
1: And we also just talk in the middle of the day too. And yeah. so like, even when you were at work, you would call me and we would catch up and I'd give you intel on what was going on with the kid's hearts, so that you knew when you came home and you had a discipline or whatever, right? Yeah. And so communication is super, super important, but you also need to know what's in the word of God. And I'm going to read to you here from Philippians chapter three, verses 12 to 14. It says, not that I have already attained or am already perfected. I love that.
0: Paul's like, I'm not perfect. I have more to grow in my maturity and walking as a Christian.
1: And this is our message to you guys. We are also not perfect. We have not attained. There is never someone who ever fully arrives. So if you are part of a friendship where the person is like playing this charade or wearing a mask of I'm perfect, I've got it all figured out. Nothing's ever wrong with me. I don't ever sin. You, okay. Like, that's not, not, not the a best, healthy relationship. Not the best
0: person to spend time with. No,
1: it's not. And so we need to be like this example right mm-hmm. here where Paul is saying, I've not, I'm not perfect. We are telling you guys, we were just weary.
0: Yeah.
1: And we've been married 20 years. And there have been many times where we've been weary. It will happen to you. You never come to a place in your walk with God where you don't experience seasons like this. Yeah. But you need to look at them with wisdom and make good choices. I'll continue, but I press on. You Amen. have to press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. What is the purpose for why you're walking with God yeah. and you're here in this generation? God has a plan. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus
0: you know what's so powerful is um, is that the example right there we are to press on it's not like we just believe and then we compartmentalize our faith and put it over there no. This is the manual for marriage. This is the manual for parenting. This is the manual for every aspect of our life. And if we're not reading the manual, we are like trying to put a bike together without the manual. And then we have pieces left over. And we go, oh, it's good enough. And then the kid rides yeah. it and the thing wears down and it breaks. Mm-hmm. We're the bike. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, funny. So we need to make sure that we do things right and well and best in God's way is so much better. You know what also that gives us endurance is kids become helpers now when all your kids are below seven years old it feels daunting because they're mostly now they can help a little bit here and there but i'm talking major help like cooking dinner for everybody and things like that
1: yeah or saying hey babysit all your brothers and sisters like you can't do that till they're so when they're under seven
0: we sometimes make life-altering decisions when all the kids are just taking when When it's exhausting because you're getting drained. (laughs) But it gets so much better when you have helpers. There's something we call the age of helpfulness. And it's somewhere around the age seven, depends on the kid. Some Um, kids, it
1: can be even five. It can be five
0: and it goes uh, up from there. And so when you have more and more kids crossing that line in the age of helpfulness, because you did a good job parenting, so they're not selfish and they do want to help Uh and contribute. Of course, that's important. Then everything starts to shift and change. But if you make big decisions about your family before you have kids in the age of helpfulness, you might have regrets like the old lady like, oh, I wish we would have had one more because yeah. you don't you know you don't have hindsight of when it gets better. And mm-hmm. it's different. There's other challenges, it's not like you know, it gets a- easy. Another
1: example, not just like you're talking about not making permanent decision, like mm-hmm. um stopping the ability to have children, right? Sure. Permanently is one example. There are other examples yeah. that I was just briefly mentioned too. One would be like I and I did this, guys. So you can learn from my experience. And and I don't regret it actually because I learned a lot from it. My conviction on homeschooling grew. But when I was pregnant with our fourth, when I was pregnant with Drew, um, we put Kelsey in a private school for first grade, and um, it was a very learning experience yeah. for us. It was um, it was hard actually on a lot of levels and. And then that was actually it deepened a conviction for homeschooling because of our experience there. Um, and the school was great. The teacher was amazing. We love the principal, but you you can't control how other people parent their children. And we had some hard times with that. And so I made a decision based upon the weariness and hardness of having so many little kids and I put her in school versus homeschooling her. And that is an, an, one example. Another example would be like taking on something like swimming lessons. It can be really hard to be changing a ton of little kids. Hmm. Trust me, I did this for 8 years straight where all of our kids were under 10 and I will say that there did come a it was like there was this hill that I was climbing of how hard it was to have kids going in and out of their swimming lessons class and changing them in the locker room and kids, you know, and being in the women's locker room Keeping and having an boys eye on all those and kids yeah, water. I mean we're changing and that yeah, and then don't want them to drown, right? And you've got a baby, don't let the toddler go in the water. It was hard. Yeah. That's my point. And I could have stopped. Mm. but I stuck to it And then we reached an age where Kelsey was over seven. And all of a sudden I could trust her to go into the bathroom with her sister so I could stay outside with the boys because they were getting older and couldn't go in the women's locker room. And then it got a little bit easier when Austin could take the boys into the boys locker room to go to the bathroom in the middle of swimming lessons, right? And then we use the family changing room to change. So all I'm saying, this is another example. What is it for you that maybe you're making the decision to not do something that's hard because it's so exhausting. And we just wanna encourage you that there is a time, if you train them well, where it, it doesn't have to be as hard.
0: It's another investment that makes life so awesome later when you go on an RV trip and everybody can swim. So uh, Philippians <laughs> 4, scale, yes. 6, be anxious for nothing. So if we're walking in the flesh, we're gonna have anxiety. It's a sign that you do. And, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So, so important. So we have Mm -hmm. to rest in God. Uh, We have to be real with others. Fellowship is a key part. Do Mm -hmm. you have real relationships that you can go deep with other people? That is super important too.
1: I think that a lot of moms get weary because they have such high anxiety over trying to control everything. Mm. Right, mm-hmm. like they're scared for the the welfare of their kids, and so they make decisions based upon um, their fear. Right? And we're not fear-based parenting, which we talk about in all the podcasts. But this says, be anxious for nothing, and then it tells us how. But in everything with prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. So if you have a thankful heart and you're praying, you won't struggle with that anxiety in the same way. Now, I want to flip to Matthew 11, verses 28 and 30, because this is the epitome. We need to remember this. It says, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me learn from me. He says, for I am gentle. It's that gentle word again, just like in Isaiah 40. I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. It's interesting how when we take on the burden he's saying my burden take on my yoke take on my burden when we take on his burden you would think that that would be adding another plate that would make us even more exhausted but it actually is the opposite because when we take on the fullness of who christ is Mm -hmm. that means that then in turn we're taking that burden on but then we're surrendering all of our other burdens unto him and he takes them he carries those so our only burden is actually his
0: so if you do this alone without fellowship and without god You're very, very limited on what you can actually do to create fruitfulness. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I would say today it is required to be a courageous parent, to have fruitful uh, parenting and marriage. It is required to be leaning on God Mm -hmm. and to be leaning on other trustworthy (sighs) believers that can encourage you. We need it. Nobody can run the race alone, and neither did Paul.
1: Amen. 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 We'll see you guys next time.
0: Hey, thanks for listening to this episode. We wanted to quickly tell you about our six-week online parenting mentor program.
1: Isaac and I created a powerful biblical curriculum. Here's how it works. Each week, Isaac and I release a video with a downloadable parenting packet to make it easy for you and your spouse to incorporate those teachings directly into your parenting.
0: It's an incredible program where we cover everything from obedience, training, to overcoming mistakes most Christians are making. But more than that, it's an incredible community. You'll have access to our private online group, live webcasts, and the Courageous Parenting text message line where Angie and I can send you weekly encouragements straight to your phone.
1: If you're interested in joining our next online parenting mentorship program, secure your spot now at CourageousParenting.com. That's CourageousParenting.com.